Welcome to 12 Tribes of Israel Congregation. Visit us at riseisrael.com or 12t.co. Our toll-free number is 888-447-1695. You can email us at scribe at riseisrael.com. Let's read what Christ said. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Let's go to the book of Matthew. We're going to go over some history, though. Remember that, if it be the Lord's will, because we never know where the most I taste is, right? Matthews chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 25, and then we're going to jump down. Matthew 6 and verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What? Take no thought? Don't think? Yes. Don't overthink. <laughs> Don't overthink, people. Wisdom, it tells you in the wisdom of Solomon, that wisdom is a spirit that is free, free of worry, free of cares. It's a spirit that is wise because basically it gives you understanding that you're worrying about things that is out of your hands sometimes. So why worry about it if it's out of your hands? So therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. What you shall put on. Is not the life more than me? And the body than raiment? Now what Christ is saying is not that you cannot plan. That you cannot put contingencies to make sure that if something was to happen that you will have to provide for your family and to have savings. Because that's all part of the scriptures. But what he's telling you is, it's foolish to have the necessary cares of this life. Because at the end of the day, whatever job, whatever food you have, whatever clothes, whatever wealth you have, didn't come from you. It was given to you by the creator. And I mean that as a fact. As a fact. There have been times when I didn't have a job. Unemployment ran out. I'm not supposed to get unemployment. We prayed. We fasted. That week a check came. And all of a sudden, unemployment has been extended. Who made that happen? That was a coincidence? No, that's not no coincidence. How many times I was at the last cent in my bank account and all of a sudden I just got a job? The day that I'm about to run out of money so that I could provide for my family. Who did that? Me? My resume? No, that was the Lord. It's a fact, people, that the Most High provides for us. It's a fact. Have faith on that. So when you start stressing out and worrying about, that means that you're letting Satan play with your mind. Satan is in your head right now. And now he's only in your head. He's in your emotions. And sometimes it's not even Satan. It's you doing it to yourself. So behold the files. In case you think Christ, oh, Christ, man, he, whoa, what is he talking Right? Christ is even going to provide you an example of why you should not be carnal and have carnal thoughts. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Have you seen pigeons pick up shovels and planting seeds and, and having a farm and doing furrows and stuff like that? We live in a concrete jungle. There's no way a pigeon or these birds could what? Plant any seed. Because the word sow means to plant. To grow vegetation. Since neither do they reap. You don't see the birds 
reap in the field, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? And of course the question is a rhetorical question, meaning it's a question that the answer has already been provided. You are thousands of times better than pigeons to the Most High, than birds. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit in his stature? And a cubit is about 15 to 18 inches. You stress it so much, can you change your, your height of your own body? And the answer is what? No. You cannot change parts of your body just by thinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what he's trying to say is like, you're thinking, overthinking, and stressing yourself out for what? When it's not in your power. And then on top of that, he gave us an example. He himself went out for years without a cent, without any money, and taught the children of Israel from city to city. He sent his 12 disciples with the same thing. Take no money. Take no extra clothes. Take no script. Take this. Take no-. And they went and did it. And finally, when he was about to be crucified, he asked them, Do you ever lack anything? They said, No, Lord, never. So in other words, what? By example, he's not only talking it, but by example, he's teaching us, don't worry, don't get carnal. Stop stressing about things. It says, And why take ye thought for raiment, for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not. Meaning they don't stress themselves out. To make themselves grow like that. It says neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you. That even Solomon. In all his glory. Was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon was the richest king of Israel. But he. Did not look as beautiful. As handsome. As one of the lilies of the field. That just grow naturally. They don't toil, they don't spin, they don't go through no stress. They just come out that way. Lilies are beautiful. So when we jump down to verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. See, having that type of mindset is not an Israelite mindset. That's the mindset of a Gentile, of a person of another nation. That's being like an Edomite, like the Hamites, like the Moabites, etc., etc., etc. We're supposed to have wisdom, financial wisdom, when it comes to food, how to deal with food, by keeping the laws. We provide a stability. We provide, you know, ways to help each other out, etc., etc. That is the wisdom that we're supposed to apply, as the Most High said. That's the treasure. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. The most High knows what you need. That doesn't mean you don't pray for it because he knows. Ask and you shall receive. But don't ask amiss. What I mean ask amiss? Don't ask foolishly. Ask and you shall receive. Most High, I want this type of job in this type of situation. And this type, it might not happen overnight, but it will happen if you ask in faith, if it's meant for his truth, first of all. 
to glorify him. I know, because guess what? There was a time when I was like, what the hell does this means? What does that mean? Like, I used to work for a company that it was about job postings. The company basically was a company where recruiters posted their jobs. And when I used to look at some of the job descriptions and I looked at the pay, I was like, whoa, I wish I could get paid that much. This is about four to five times more than I get paid. But I'm like, but what the hell does this mean? I remember reading, I, I, literally, I'm going to tell you one of the things I read. Must have experience with Apache. It's like, what the hell is Apache? Some Indian stuff? You ask me now what Apache is, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. It's a web server. Crazy. I would never thought that I would grasp that knowledge. Took years, but I have that knowledge. So it says here, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of Yahweh and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Everything will be added to you. If you keep in the commandments and you making the kingdom first, the Most High is going to provide for you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about, oh, Cuomo is saying this or Cuomo is saying that. Cuomo could die. This government could shut down. Listen, I've been in jobs, right? Where it's like, oh, man, we got this new manager. And he's talking about implementing this, implementing that. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Everybody's stressing out. And I'm mad calm. Everybody's like, why are you so calm? I'm like, look, it ain't happened yet. And when that day comes, if it's not something possible, it's not something possible. What he's going to do? But make himself look bad. Because, you know, that's what they do. Happened to me once where I was in a situation where, oh, this new guy's coming. He's going to change all our schedules, blah, blah, blah. And they changed all our schedules. I didn't stress until they changed the schedule. When they changed the schedule and I saw that they said work on Saturdays, which is the Sabbath day. I said, I'm not showing up. It's just as simple as that. It didn't matter what decision he made. And then after going to HR and they trying to play me and everything, I could have sued the crap out of them. They changed my schedule back. You know what I did? By that time, I started already looking for a new spot. I was going to interview here, interview there, interview there, interview there. People calling me. People calling me until eventually, the day that I was, I started losing hope. I was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to get nothing. I must be stuck in this place. All of a sudden, I get a, a call from someone saying, we want to hire you. Come down for this interview. Went for the interview. They didn't even ask me no questions related to the job. They asked me about the Yankees. Started talking basketball talk. Left out of there. Got a call like two, three hours later. I got the job. I'm like, wow. They don't even know if I could do the job. And to be honest, I was glad that they asked me questions. You know why? Because I didn't know how to do the job. <laughs> so that was the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I guess I'm going to learn on the spot. So it happens. Take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Tomorrow will take care of itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Meaning, if you had a stressful day today, just deal with the stress from today. Don't deal from the stress of two months down the line or the end of the year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't deal with any of that. Just deal with what's happening right now. You hit your toe? Rub it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah! Hit my toe! Oh, Jesus! Ah! Take a sip after this class and relax. Hopefully the toe will heal tomorrow. <laughs> that's how you got to think of it. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. You got to think of it in that simplicity. Because you do more harm to yourself stressing your body. When you stress your mind, you're stressing also your body. It affects your heart, the organs, etc., etc. So let's use an example now. I want a scriptural example. With some of some people ask me, "Yo, Cuomo's talking about testing. He's talking about if you're gonna go back to work, you gotta get tested." Well, he could talk all he want. Where are you gonna get the testing for everybody? For all these companies. How he's going to force them to test and spend millions of dollars in testing. I don't think he could, to be honest. But if it does happen, how should we handle it? Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Let's read about faithful Daniel. He was in Babylon, right? He was beloved of the Lord. How did Daniel deal with some of these situations? We're going to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. So in Daniel 6 and 1, we might skip some verses here. I'm not sure yet, but we're going to stay in Daniel chapter 6. It says in Daniel 6 and 1, it pleased Darius. Thank you. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. So Obama was not the first black president. It was Daniel, damn it. Basically, it says over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. The king had 120 princes, rulers, because Babylon was a great empire, and Darius the Mede took it down. Remember how we read in the book of Esther how there was 120 provinces of the Persian the Mede Empire? That's why you have 120 princes. Now, of those, three were set up over all the 120. And the top of the three was Daniel, of all the princes. So when the 120 princes had to make decisions, Daniel and the other basically checked up on the princes to make sure they were doing the law of the king. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. Because an excellent spirit, a cool spirit, what made him an excellent spirit? That wisdom from the Most High. What made him an excellent spirit? That knowledge from the Lord. That excellent power of the Most High is what made him excellent. That excellent spirit was in him, in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So Daniel was already the top president. The king was thinking about making him second in command, making him above everybody. That's how great Daniel was. You know how Daniel started? As a child. As a slave in Babylon. Correcting elders. Being faithful since little. 
to the point where the Most High raised him to become a great leader that he could rule a kingdom. It was in his DNA. You know that, right? Because he's from royal blood. Yeah. Daniel's from royal blood, from the tribe of Judah. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's um, from Hezekiah's um, people. Okay. So it says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel. They were jealous of Daniel. They're like, what, what are we going to do against him? Concerning the kingdom. Against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find none occasion of fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel did his job. And by him doing his job, he also did the Most High's commandments. So there was no nothing that they could point. Because he was blameless. There was no sin in him. There was nothing they could say that was wicked about Daniel. And Daniel's an Israelite man. But you don't read about Daniel being disobedient to the king or anything like that. Right? Or wrong? Let's see. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. So there's nothing we could say against him. Except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they knew that Daniel was so faithful to the Most High that the only way they could cause a problem against Daniel is by convincing the king convincing the king to go against the most high because who is Daniel going to prefer who is Daniel going to obey the king or the most high and that's what we're going to read as we read on then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him king Darius live forever all the presidents of the kingdom the governors and the princes the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute. So they wanted to make a law. And they said all of them are in agreement. And to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition. A petition means a request of any God. If you pray to any God or man for 30 days. Save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So they're going to make this law forbidding anyone from praying to the Most High for 30 days. You hear that prayer? For 30 days. And if you do it, you get thrown. The punishment is you get thrown in a den of lions. Now, O King established the decree and signed the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Notice it says Medes in front. Because he's Darius the Mede. At this time the Persians were not the higher power. Until Cyrus came. When they made laws they cannot be changed. Do you understand? Once it's written that's it. It's a wrap. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So he didn't think anything of it. He just signed it. Uh, sounds good to me. 30 days. Okay. I'll do it. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so Daniel heard about it once it was finished. He went into his house, his windows being open, in his chamber, his room, toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed 
and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Did that stop Daniel from doing his prayer to the Most High three times a day towards Jerusalem? By the way, that's wisdom right there. Teaching you how many times a day at least you should pray. At least three times a day. He had his window open. He was like, he wasn't even trying to hide it. Like, and pray. Now, most people will do what? Not pray for 30 days. And avoid the trouble. It's a lion's den. Oh my God. Daniel had no worries. Daniel was not worried at all. Is it a sin not to pray to the Most High? Depends. It depends. He could have avoided the whole situation by not praying. But Daniel chose to be faithful still to who? The Most High. Because he knew they were doing it out of what? Jealousy and wickedness. And he was faithful to the Most High. Now you got to think about it. By that time, by the time that we are reading this, Daniel 6, Daniel had had many supernatural events take place where he saw that the Most High was his God. That the Most High loved him. He already saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego escape the fire. By the decree of a king who wanted for his idol to be worshipped at the sound of music. He saw those men get thrown in the fire and not die. He also had a vision the night that the king wanted to kill the wise men. He also saw where the hand rolled the destruction of the Babylonian king and the setup of Darius the Mede. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, he has great faith in the Most High at this point. So he's praying to the Most High. And it says in verse 11, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. These guys were spying. And they saw him through the window. Yo, he's kneeling. Yo, 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 get, get some more people to see this. Let's grab him. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Has Donna signed a decree? That every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true. The thing is true. According to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which author have not. <laughs> so the thing is true according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. He's praying three times a day. And he knows the law. He don't care what you wrote, king. He don't care about the law. He don't respect you. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. Notice it didn't say he was displeased with Daniel. It said he was displeased with him, what? Self, why? Because he knew what type of man Daniel was. He knew that Daniel was that faithful that he was not going to stop worshiping who? The Most High. He's like, damn, I put him in this situation. Why did I sign this law? Now I see why they had me write this law and sign it. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. So he was trying to find any way possible, how can he save Daniel? And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. So he was trying to find 
any way possible to break the law that he wrote. But guess what? The laws of the Persians and Medes cannot be altered, cannot be changed, not even by the king. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persian is that no decree nor statue which the king establisheth may be changed. So they coming back and say, Remember, king, the law is you cannot change the law. Once you read it and once you sign it, it cannot be changed. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Can you imagine? Daniel was prepared. He knew they were going to throw him what? In the den of lions. Do you think Daniel was screaming? No, man! No! Oh, don't throw me to the den of lions, please! Oh, I'm going to die! again. <laughs> I'll pay you some money if you let me go, please. I'll do anything. You think Daniel was screaming? You think Daniel was worried? You think he was distressed? With despair? Or was Daniel calm and collected? Like, okay. You know, throw me in the lion's den, it's fine. Because in his mind, you gotta think, what would Daniel be thinking in his mind right now? I'm fine. And anyway, if I get eaten by the lions, I'm gonna get a reward in heaven. Boom. Daniel said, like he said, that boy said, if I get eaten by the lions, I know there's a spiritual world. I know that I'm a servant of the Most High. If I get eaten, I'm going to get a reward in heaven. The Most High is with me. Just like Meshach, Shadri, and the Bendigo said to Nebuchadnezzar when he was going to throw them in the fire. He said, do it now. And they're like, no, we're not. We only serve God. And if God don't save us and we die... It's all fine. Because he's the only God. So Daniel had the same type of heart, the same type of spirit. And what are we learning here? What's the point of reading this? Yes, sir. What we're learning here is no matter what, we get fighting. That's right. No matter what, like it says in Ecclesiasticus chapter 4, fight for the truth until death. And Yahweh will fight for you. That's not the only thing we're learning here. What else are we learning here? The other thing we're learning here is that if you're in trouble, that you're about to get killed, don't be in trouble if you know you did something good. Okay. Have faith even if you're in trouble. That's another thing we're learning here. What we're learning here is, is two things, which at the end of this will come to an understanding of how we should deal with any situation that comes in the future. We want to give all praises to the Most High in Christ and remind you to subscribe at our website, 12tribes.net, to receive notifications of all our content, such as videos, newsletters, reports, and podcasts. a little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now Don't worry. Ooh.